this morning, we're wrapping this up, and, and I, I know that I'm, I'm not going to talk about giving again for a long time. I mean, I normally don't talk about giving much through the year. I really hit it hard in November. This is the time where it seems like we're extravagant with a lot of things, and my, maybe our minds are on that a little bit. But also, it's about thanksgiving. That's this morning's sermon, thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, for most of us, the amount of thanksgiving we actually do at thanksgiving, sometimes it's just a few moments, right? I mean, just saying the blessing. Or even if you're one of those people who posts uh, some blessing that you're thankful for every single day of the month of November on Facebook or something, that's, that's still not a lot if that's all it is. You know, so, you know, this, this needs to go just a little further, a little deeper, uh, uh, another level of, you know, that, that giving not just be something we do with our mouth, but that is gi- giving is based on our thanks, that actually our giving is based on our thankfulness, that we're giving thanks, that we see ourselves as giving thanks, and that we do give thanks out of a heart of giving, of whatever we can do for somebody else, that maybe even we give uh, and our giving comes out of the stuff that we've received, so we really are showing the thanks for, thanks, thanks for what we've received so that we can share with somebody else. I really want you to get this because I know some of you are bound in financial matters. I know some of you are struggling financially. And um, really, if you can think about it, you would like nothing better than to be able to buy Christmas, pay for Thanksgiving dinners, for anybody that needed around you. I'm not saying that um, I want to pray the prayer that you win the lottery or something this afternoon or whatever, but I do want to pray the prayer that you are no longer bound. But, you know, and, this, this, and I thought it many times before, but it, I mean, it just hit me so hard again this morning. Is Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross of Calvary to save you from your sins so that you could be bound by something else. He wants us to be free. So let's take our freedom and finances and giving and those things as well, okay? We're going to talk about reasons that we give this morning, but let's have a quick word of prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this season, uh, this, this time of year. God, uh, it, it's most everybody's favorite time of, of year that we're about to enter into. God, I thank you for that. But I thank you for the, my gifts, God. I thank you for uh, how much you've blessed me, how tremendously you've blessed me. God, I truly am stinking blessed, God. And, and I ask you to help us, God, to, to, uh, to, take, to take our thanks into a step of, of giving as well. And for those, Lord, who are bound, God, that you would help them see their way, help them find their way, help them fight their way out of it, whatever it takes. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay, so reasons we give, reasons Christians give, okay? And, and here's the first one, the re- the, and, and you know, Really, in a way, you don't even have to be a Christian to give for this reason, but because we see a need. I mean, we give because we see a need. Because we see needs, and we're so stinking blessed. You know, it's kind of the same thing that that happens every time there's um, some tragedy, you know, something happened in the world, and, and, you know, and we here in the United States of America in our little, you know, little nice middle-class homes, you know, sitting around and, and eating our roast beef, gravy, mashed potatoes, and, and then we look on the TV and somebody's trying to get through a tragedy or something, and it makes us want to give. I mean, it makes you want to pick up your cell phone and maybe donate some money right then and there. It makes you want to give because we're so stinking blessed and we see a need. 
we see a need. And so it makes, it makes us want to give. Now, uh, in, in Word of God, take me to the scripture right here, if you will, Kevin. Matthew 10, verse 8. Jesus says, give as freely as you have received. Give as freely as you have received. So, so connect the two. Is, uh, you know, if, if you freely receive, then freely give. Okay, but here's, here's a really where I want to take you to in this. Uh, is I think we all get this thing of uh, sowing and reaping, right? I hope. I mean, you, you, anytime, anytime you hear me preach about giving, you're probably going to hear a little bit about sowing and reaping. We understand, put a little seed in, you get a little, little harvest out. You put a lot of seed in, you get more harvest out. We understand sowing and reaping. And, and some of the things we do as Christians is, is we, begin to, we begin to make this relationship and connect this, and this begins to be part of our relationship with God, is that, is that we give... And then we receive back from him. So we give to him and then we receive back from him. And, and it become, becomes this thing that we give and we receive. We give and we receive. And we give and we receive. I, I, and I like Brother, uh, Brother Phil mentioned after first service to me. He said, he said, you know, for God, the word God says, for God so loved the world he gave, he gave, he gave, he gave. You know, he said he gave first, right? So, so I, I, I want to change this around just a little bit for you if I can. Okay, give me that next slide, Kevin, so we can, we can all read it together. Don't think of yourself merely, merely as a giver so you can receive. That's a lot of us Christians, right? Think of yourself as a receiver so you can give. Think about, think about the difference that is there. It's because I think, that, I think for a lot of us, just getting that first step is a, that, that's a big success for a lot of us Christians. It's when we get to the place where we start to see ourselves as givers so we can receive back from God. But there's another step to see yourself as a receiver so that you can give. You know, we're Christ followers. We're Jesus followers, right? If we're Christians, then we're following after Jesus. And what that means is, is not just to be in relationship with him like we, we, we may be with this giving and receiving thing and seeing this relationship, but it means to also be imitators of Jesus, right? Isn't that what it means? Is that we're not just supposed to kind of figure him out, but we're supposed to imitate him. And so, and so if, if we're the ones who give, uh, give into, into God's hand so that he can bless it, you know, he can make it bigger and he can give us back more than we gave him. And, and then he can also bless others out of this, like the loaves and fish. You remember that story? That's exactly what, what Jesus did is he, is he took what was there and he made it so big he could, he could take care of everybody else's needs. And, and, and even the little boy that had the lunch, he didn't go home. He didn't go home without anything to eat. And, and, and if we see that, is, is we can see ourselves always as the little boy, you know, who gave and maybe received back. But if we're Jesus followers, we need to get on the other side of that equation. We need to get on the other side of that and say, wait, I'm a Jesus follower, and, and, and it's where God is just waiting for us to put something in his hand that he can use. That's what we should be doing, is we should not be over here saying, well, I'm a giver so I can receive. No, we say, I'm here, I'm ready to receive God so I can give and see ourselves just like just like God is waiting for us to put something in his hand so he can do something amazing with it, that we should be standing and say, God, what do you want to put in my hand so that I can do something amazing with it? I challenge you to that today. I challenge you. Okay, so let me give you another reason that we give. Another reason that we give is because we know the results, the things that happen because of our giving. We understand there are results. I mean, when you see something good happen, it makes you want to do it. It's like uh, when... Um, 
Uh, Justin was talking just a few moments ago after the, the video we saw that, that talked about the Kentucky blessing, uh, and Justin was talking about that. You know, we were involved in that last year, and some amazing thing happened. things happened. And one of the things that was not on the video, but uh, if you were here last Sunday night, you heard me say this, but if you weren't, I, I want to say this because I want everybody to hear this, is, is last week all of these people that were ministered to, and, and they had the gospel presented to them, and 826 people made a commitment to Jesus Christ because of this. Amen. Yeah, some people are clapping. Go ahead, you clap with everybody. Amen. And, and so you know what that makes us want to do? I want to be a part of that this year. You know, I want to buy a bicycle for a kid, and maybe his mom and dad come to know Jesus Christ because of it, right? I want to do that. I see the success. I see the results, and, and I know these results, and so I want to be a part of it. Okay, you know, like uh, uh, it wasn't too long ago, just, I don't know, just a few months ago, I, I needed to know something, you know, and uh, wh what do you do when you, you need to know something? What's your first step? Uh, maybe the first step is ask whoever's standing close by, see if they know, right? You know, or you ever look up at your friend and you say, mm, no, they don't know any of this, right? And you ask the question, well, I ask and nobody knew. So my second step is always Google, you know, Google it. And so I go, now this wasn't something I, I, I tried to figure out for about five or 10 minutes. I mean, this was something I really dug into, tried to find. I, I just still couldn't get all of my answers that I needed on Google. And so finally it occurred to me that there was a nonprofit organization that, uh, that, that kind of dealt around this stuff. And if there was anybody in town that knew anything about my question that I had, it would be this nonprofit. You know, they weren't a ministry, but they were a nonprofit. And so I Googled them to find out their phone number, picked up the phone and called. And, and I thought, okay, so I'm wondering, who is this lucky guy who, having no idea why he's answering the phone, he answers the phone, and he's going to get this wild off-the-wall question from me today. So, so I'm thinking that, and so as soon as he answers, I, I began apologizing and saying, look, I know you guys probably don't field a lot of phone calls like this. I'm just looking for some information, and I thought you guys may, may know some of this, or you might know somebody that I can talk to. You know what? This guy took, I, don't, I, don't, I wish I'd have uh, timed it so I would be able to tell you. This guy took, but I didn't know I was gonna, it was coming up in a sermon. That's why I didn't time it. This guy took at least 15, 20 minutes with me just talking over the phone. It wasn't his job. That wasn't his job to answer my questions like this, but he, he took that much time and, and you know, I kept asking follow-up questions, kept going deeper, and he just kept answering me and answering me and answering me. And before I got off the phone with him, I said, I'm gonna send you guys an offering. I just wanna send you a little something to help you. And, and I know that's, and he, he was, he was so pleased that, well, thank, thank you, thank you a lot, you know, and I'm sure you probably told them, but you know, one of the things I was, I was seeing is I was thinking is like, this is the result of, of what they're doing. And this is a, a nonprofit that I would have never given to, I, I would have never thought of giving to them. It's just not, you know, it's not in my, you know, my focus right now. I'm not thinking about that. I would have never given to them, but they met a need and it made me think, I want to give something back because this was good. This was good that that guy took all that time with me. You know, here, here's, here's the thing that was happening with me. I was doing what I heard this guy one time tell me about when he told me how to get to his house. Okay, um, this guy said, he was telling me how to get, you ever had this happen? Somebody said, come to my house, here's how you get to my house, da 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 da. And maybe they say, you know, come up on the front porch or they may say, well, hey, nobody uses the front door, come to the side door, the back door, whatever. They tell you, you know, come up. And then this guy said, you know, he gives me all these directions, get, get there. And he said, when you get on the porch, ring the doorbell with your elbow. Anybody ever, ever any, had anybody tell you that? Ring the doorbell with your elbow? 
He said that, and so I'm now thinking, okay, what is wrong with the button on his doorbell that I can't ring it with my finger, but I can get my elbow on it? You know, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out, you know, and, and he doesn't help me out. I mean, he's enjoying this, you know. He just kind of stares at me and waits for me to ask the question, and so finally I, buy, I answer the question, okay, why am I going to need to ring the doorbell with my elbow? And he said, well, you're coming for dinner, and I assume you're going to be bringing something with you, and so you'll have to use your elbow then to ring the doorbell, right? And so I got it. I understood. And I said, absolutely. And so I'll be ringing the doorbell. That's what I was kind of doing with these guys. It's like I didn't show up with something, but, but after they spent all that time with me, you know, it's like I've, I've, I got something in my hand now. I want to ring the doorbell with my elbow. Uh, and, and did you know the Word of God? tells us to ring the doorbell with our elbow? elbow? Okay, that's, that's a very, it's not even a loose translation. I mean, I, I'm twisting words here just a little bit, but th this is what God said. Actually, he says it in three different places. This one's Exodus 23, verse 15. No one is to appear before me empty-handed, God says. Three different places he says this in the Bible. And if you want to know, if you go to the Sunday's page and, and the sermon notes, and then, and then look there and see the scriptures, you can click and you can see the other, and you read the context. But three different contexts, Jesus says, nobody, don't show up in my house empty-handed. He's saying, when you come to my house, ring the doorbell with your elbow. What's he talking about? What, is, what does God mean? What does this mean to us? I mean, you know, like, like uh, when, when we come together, yeah, financially, yeah, to, to, we, should, we should bring. He's blessed us this week. We should bring something. But man, it goes so much deeper than that. It goes so much farther than that. Like the great pumpkin bash that we had, you know, just, just a few weeks ago. And, 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 you know, I had a blast. I don't know about the rest of you that were there. I had a blast. I went home dog tired. I was dog tired the next day. You know, it would, it would have been fun to just kind of been a part of it, you know, and just walk it around and, you know, and not have to you know, unload a bunch of stuff, set up a bunch of stuff, load a bunch of stuff and, and haul it away in several trailers and trips and trailers. And that. It would have been awesome just kind of, but you know what? You know what? If I hadn't done my part, there were some people probably would not have gotten what they needed that. Now they wouldn't have got the blood. I would have enjoyed it. And the same thing went with every one of you. So many of you who worked so hard, all that stuff that you did, you know, if you had just shown up, I mean, you would have gotten the blessing, but by you pitching in, there were people that were blessed that night because you pitched in, because you did your part. It's, it's, it's the same thing as like when we come to worship, okay? Right, we come to worship. And maybe some Sundays, you ever come, uh, come on a Sunday, maybe you feel almost like saying, Jamie, I am worn out. Y'all gonna just have to handle worship by yourself. I gotta sit down in my chair today, right? You ever felt that way? You know, and, 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 but here's what I know is when I come, I know that I'm gonna be blessed because I'm gonna be in the presence of God. But, but if I bring my worship into the into the realm also. If I bring some of my thanksgiving from my weeks past, you know, of everything that has happened and maybe the good stuff and the, the bad stuff God protected me from, and I bring some of that in, I'm going to be blessed. But when I bring some of my worship in and my thanksgiving in, I know it's going to be even better. I mean, you ever look over here, and I want to be self-conscious now if you start doing this, but you ever look over here and wonder why in the world has the pastor got such a silly smile on his face this morning? It's because I, I've brought in some of my this past week. I've brought some of that in because I want to be a part of this. I, I don't want to just, I, I'm going to be blessed, but I want to make sure everybody else is. And so I, I want to add to that. Or maybe when you, when you get together with friends and maybe, maybe you've been, you ever been in a prayer group or, or maybe just one time visited a prayer group. And, and you know what, you know what happens every time you go to one of those, if you just, everybody just stands around and just one person prays, you know, everybody's blessed by that to an extent. Everybody gets a little something out of that. 
But what if everybody said, I'm bringing my prayer into this thing also. And it doesn't mean that everybody has to even speak out loud. You, you can do it even without, without talking out loud because it's not about the sound. It's not about the voice. It's not about the words. It's about the heart. And when you bring your heart of prayer into that, then you add something more to all of it. This is what he's saying is when you come to me, God says, don't show up empty-handed. You have received. And, and, and you know the results of what's happening when you come to worship people are blessed. When you come to prayer, people are challenged and people are helped. You know, when, when you come and uh, be a part of an event, you know, people are blessed and things are happening there. And, and so don't be on the outside. When you come, show up, not empty-handed, show up with something in your hand to be a part of what's going on. And, and when that happens, amazing things happen. Let me, let me show you a, 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 a very obvious, I mean, this is very obvious, very physical. The, the true story happened in the Bible. This is in the time, go into the scripture if you will there, Kevin. This is in the scripture uh, during the time of King Hezekiah. And something was happening around the temple that King Hezekiah didn't even know about. It had been happening for a while. And then one day when he shows up to the temple, wow, I didn't see this. Maybe he had come around a different side or something and he finally saw, what, saw something with, that was there that he had not seen. When Hezekiah, this is 2 Chronicles 31, beginning of verse 8. When Hezekiah and his officials came and saw these huge piles, because people had been bringing these huge piles and leaving them there, they thanked the Lord and his people. Israel, where did all this come from? The king asked the priests and Levites. So, so people were bringing their, their gifts. They were bringing financial contributions, yes, and they were bringing food and things, and there, there was more than they needed. And so th these piles were, were, were building right outside the temple. Okay, go on to the next verse. And so Azariah, who was the high priest, he replied, since the people began bringing their gifts to the Lord's temple, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare. The Lord has blessed his people, and all of this is left over. This, this is what happens when, when people are obedient and people, this is what happens when, when people see, see uh, the results and they know what the results are of their giving. He said that, that since the people began giving, now there's an abundance. There is more than we could ever need. Can I, let me give you just a, a quick picture of that right here at 2911. That's what happens at 2911. You know, we, we, have, we have people and, and listen, I, I guarantee you we're going to get another phone call or something, but we're going to get another request for help before Christmas hits, okay? Because it happens all the time. I mean, if you don't know that, you just don't recognize the world that we're living in today. I mean, this week I got one, and I get these from occasionally. I got one in, from snail mail, you know, through, I mean, just the slow stuff, just two-page letter, somebody laying out, you know, and all the things that they need. I, I didn't even read the whole thing. You know, we get these all the time, and we don't say yes to all of them. We've said no to a lot of those. Sometimes it's because it's from somebody we don't even know. We don't know if they're just, you know, if they live in another city or whatever. There's no connecting thing there. We don't, we, we don't know who they are, so we're not going to be sending God's money there. But uh, sometimes it's people that we've helped, and we've helped, and we've helped, and, and we're, we're trying to say, hey, you've you got to start doing some of this on your own. And sometimes we have to say no. But let me tell you one reason that we've never, ever, ever said no. Church 2911 has never said no to a need because of funds. Never, ever. Never in eight plus years, we have never, ever said no because of lack of funds. You know why? Because of givers. 
because there's, there's heaps, there's piles, there's extra that is here. And, and you know what? If you go down to verse 11 right here, you know what you'll find? You'll read there. You'll read that they, then they built a storeroom there at the temple so that they could start taking this stuff in and not just leave it in piles, but taking it into the storeroom and hanging on to it. Now, why wouldn't they just say, you know what? We're doing so good that we've really got more than we need, so why doesn't everybody just back off? Y'all don't have to give quite as much for a while, and we'll let you know when you pick it up. You know, now, if somebody told you that, what would your attitude be? You know, some people might say, I'm glad, but others would say, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to take, I mean, how many times have I heard that? You're not going to take God's blessings from me. This is about relationship and connection. And God has never told us, God doesn't waste stuff. If God gives extra, there's a reason for the extra. If God gives extra, there's a reason for that. You know, back to that, you know, 5,000 families that, that Jesus fed out of that one little boy's lunch. Do you remember that there were 12 baskets full left over? How do they know how many baskets were left over? They took them back up because they had a purpose for them. God doesn't waste stuff. And if he does that, if he gives abundance, there's a reason for that. Because here's, here's what's going to happen. There is going to be another family that shows up and needs help before Christmas. There's going to be another family that maybe needs food or maybe needs Christmas or whatever there's gonna be and you know what every time that we've needed to go uh, that we've needed to help in benevolence we've always been able to go where to that storeroom you know where the piles have come and that storeroom because it's been there you see today this service that we're having today you know how we can have this service because somebody paid their tithes or gave offerings last week that's why we can have church today now I don't want you to think that we're just living week to week like that okay that's not really what I, what I mean is is because people are giving we're set for today we've got no problem we get come in to have church without thinking about how are we gonna pay the rent on this building we don't have to worry about that because of the giving and so and so here's what we've got to understand and recognize we 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 know the results that are happening. And so when God is giving, it's God is getting us ready for the next thing. And we're standing on the precipice of 2018. And guess what? We're ready. We're ready for 2018. We're, we're going to go forward into 2018 and do, do ministry, hopefully even greater. Our plans are greater ministry in 2018 than 2017. And how do we know? Because we know the results are there. And that's why a lot of the people sitting around you right now, even if you're not one of them, a lot of these people give because they see what God is doing which leads us really well into the third thing, is because we want to be obedient. We want to be obedient. Now, how many of you like somebody, maybe back when you were a kid, you loved having your parents say, because I said so? Raise your hand. How many of y'all liked hearing that? Because I said so. Yeah. How many of you, how many of you honestly, when, when you were a kid or maybe you got a little older, you said, when I grow up and I have kids, I will never say, I told you so. Who, who, how many of you said that? You would never say, I told you so. Yeah, several of us. And did you break that promise to yourself that you would never say, I told you so? And I'm looking at, I look at Brooke and Pierce here and say, they're just not old enough yet. Their babies aren't old enough yet for them to have said, I told you so. Just, just drop it. Go on. You know? And so the inference here then is, Maybe we don't really give like we should because we don't really understand. You know, if God would just explain to us why. I mean, if God were to tell us really why, you know, if, if God wouldn't just say, I, I do this because I said so, if, if God would really tell us why, would we, would we give better? You know, and nobody's answering because you know this is a loaded question that I'm going somewhere with this, right? Because he has told us why. God hasn't just said, do it because I said so. God hasn't done that, you know, and there have been times, you know, but I, I, I said I was never going to say because I told you so. 
And then, you know, it just seemed like my kids were too hard-headed or thick for it to get through for them to understand. And I finally just said, because I told you so, because I said so, we're just going to, we'll talk about it later, but because, but God's never done that. God's never done that. Let me prove it to you, okay? Can you read half a verse with me and stop? We'll see, all right? Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Stop! Okay, act like the rest of that isn't there. Quit looking at it right now. Stop looking up there. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Stop. What if God, if God ended right there, then God would be saying, do this because I said so. But he doesn't. He goes on, and what does he say? So that there may be food in my storehouse. What, what, what storehouse? The one we just read about. You know, where they had the heaps, and so they made the storeroom that they could put stuff in. So what God is saying is God is saying, bring the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be food in my house because there's coming a problem or there's coming something you don't yet know about. So bring all the stuff in because I'm not, I'm not just taking care of today. God is taking care of tomorrow. God is looking into the future. You know, if, if we look back to the Scripture and see where the Word of God tells us that it was before the foundation of the world that the decision was made that Jesus would be the sacrifice for us. God is planning all of our futures, and he's not, it's not just about this moment. So he says, bring the tithes into the story. So if, if, if he does that, and he's told us that, now we understand why. We know why we're supposed to do that. And by doing this, we're, we're ready for tomorrow. We're ready for the family that needs a turkey this week. We're ready for the family that's going to need ex, extra Christmas gifts, or, or maybe not going to have any if we don't show up. We're ready for that. We're ready for the next ministry opportunity. We're ready for the next benevolence need. We're ready for the next family that, that is getting their power turned off if they can't write a $100 check or something. You know, we're, we're ready for that because there's food in the house. And you see, we, we have to take that on further, like I was saying earlier. It's not just about money, and it's not just about physical food, but because we give, there's spiritual food in this house today. Because of the tithers and the givers, the people who have committed to this, there is spiritual food in this house today. Kids are being ministered to in kids' church. You know, small groups are, are established and, and directed here because of this, which leads us really well into the fourth thing. The fourth reason that we give is because we own the mission. This is the thing God's called us to do. We've embraced it. We own it. We, we, we believe in it. You know, that, that when, you, you know, when you give your hard-earned money, you know, some people say that's, that's the last thing God gets from most people is when he starts getting their money, then God's got all of them. When you give your hard-earned money, because, of, you know, it's just you sweat of your brow kind of a thing and all of that, when you give your hard-earned money, then you know, I've bought into this. This is what I'm all about. This is, my, this is not just a church's mission this is my mission. This is not just, not just a, a, a pastoral staff's vision. This is my vision, and we bought into that. Jesus gave his disciples a mission. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he talks a little bit about this mission, this one verse. He talks about it a lot in other places. Here, in this one verse, here's what he says about it. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Awesome, wonderful, great. That's not the end of it. You're going to receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You'll be telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I remember when someone first told me about this. I mean, it was, it was years and years and years ago, and I was like, whoa, I'd never seen that before. And they said, look at this. This is talking about all of the areas that we're supposed to be ministering in and giving to. 
and taken care of. Jerusalem, that was their backyard. That was right here, okay, right here in Jerusalem. Jesus says, you're going to be telling everybody about me right here in Jerusalem. And then Judea, that's like right outside, you know, past their backyard, a little ways away, but still reachable, Samaria. You know, that, that's, that's uh, again, right outside of their backyard, but, but reachable, kind of like, that was kind of like a day trip. You know, it was within reach. It was somewhere they could actually go. If they felt that they had to actually go and give a testimony, they could get there. They could get to Samaria. You know, day trip, you know, today in the world you and I live in, pretty much everywhere in the world is a day trip, right? If you can buy an airplane ticket, every place is almost a day trip, you know? It, it might be all day long, but it's almost a day trip, but everything's there. But these are the places that are really maybe a little more accessible to us, not something in our backyard. But then he does go on, doesn't he? The ends of the earth. <laughs> and so, he, he, you know, even if there's a place you can't get to with, with an airplane ticket in 24 hours, he still covers that when he says the ends of the earth. Okay, so here's, here's what we do then. Is here's what our ministry is all about. And, and, and this, is, this is why we give is because we're bought into this mission. Is that first of all, you know, we, we're establishing a home base here. That's, that's, why, that's why the storehouse is here. That's why we bring our tithes and our offerings. You know, you know and, and I, I didn't know if this would come up or not. I, I, I thought about it this week. I actually wrote it down in my notes. And, and I thought, I, I kind of hadn't thought a lot about it. I was just wanting God to bring it back to my mind if I needed to. I, and it's come back to my mind, so I'm going to throw it at you this morning, okay? I had a lady come to me. This is when I was pastoring years ago. Uh, and I had a lady come to me, and, and God had just given her a really good financial blessing. And she said, Pastor, you know what? I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to tithe on this. And now tithe means 10%. That's actually what the word means. So what she was saying was, I'm going to give 10% of this, just like he says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 that we read a few moments ago. She said, I'm going to tithe on this. And I, was, I, I, was, I, mean, I wasn't even working full time. You know, I, was, I was struggling to, you know, to make ends meet financially. You know, and the church was paying me what little they could. And she said she was going to tithe out of this, this, big, this big blessing she got. And I thought, praise God for that. And she said, I'm going to give 10% of what I got to the youth program so they can rent a bus to go to Gatlinburg on their trip that's coming up. And I kind of got deflated there for just a second, you know, because the youth program didn't want a bus to go. They didn't need a bus. They didn't have that many people going to Gatlinburg. It was a waste of money. And our youth pastor was volunteer. He would have loved to have had a salary out of that, you know, or some expense money or something, you know? It's like, here's, you know, here's the thing. We got to remember this is we, we have to establish in Jerusalem. We can't, re, we can't have outreach unless we got a place to reach out of. So we have to take care of this too. But this is where it begins. You say, because sometimes what churches do is they, they, they just focus on this and they, let's never forget this. This is where it begins, but this is not where it ends. It ends at the ends of the earth. It ends when we've gone as far as we can, okay? But this is where, and so we have to take care of that. And that doesn't just mean giving. That means praying for this, this Jerusalem, this place that you and I are, this backyard that we have. This, this means praying for it. This means showing up, being, doing our part, and being the person God's called us to be. And it means our giving and supporting of that as well. But, but then he talks about Judea and Samaria. You know, it's like, like uh, we're doing that with our summer of serve. We go into places that aren't in our backyard with, uh, with, with the royal chicks and raising money for the families that they're helping at Christmas. And, and uh, last, uh, Regina told me about they, were, they had enough for about 15. And, and, you know, and I had somebody tell me, you know, right after I mentioned this a few weeks ago, somebody came to me after. They were offended, you know, and I, I said this in 
told you about this the last week's sermon, is they were kind of offended and said, well, I didn't know anything about this. You know, am I not on the inside where I can give also? And they wanted to give it. So let me tell you, if you want to give toward that Christian, uh, that Christmas project, that mission project to, to help families around here that don't have, then see someone back at the table on your way out because they can help another family. They can find another family. There's always another family to help in, the, in, those, in those kinds of things. But here's another one. And the one that we just introduced to you by, by video for some, and some of you heard about it last Sunday night, is the Kentucky Christmas Blessing. Is I challenge you to go buy at least one gift. Be a part of this. You know, somebody came to me after church, and they were talking about another area of giving. They said, I feel like I want to do this. She said, I can't do as much as other, but I want to do this because I want to be a part of this. Exactly. You know, yesterday, they called me, and she said, she was at a store, and she said, they've got these, all these toys on 50%. I said, buy them. You know, we, it'll go a lot further than if we, you went to another store. Buy what you can buy, you know, and because and, and, we want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. If there's another 826, maybe even more commitments to Christ this year in Hyden, Kentucky, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. And so I challenge you, two weeks from today, you know, bring them here. And I want you to bring them. Bring them before church. I mean, some of you are going to have to get here a little early, right? Bring them before church. <laughs> yeah, got that one thrown in too, didn't I? Bring them before church and bring them up here because we want to pray over them, okay? Because we know these things are going not to just meet those physical needs. We know they're going to meet spiritual needs as well. So we want them here for the end of service so we can pray over them, okay? But it also goes to the ends of the earth. Hyden, Kentucky, that's, that's kind of like Samaria to us. It's a place we can get to without a whole lot of trouble today if we had to. But what about the ends of the earth? A couple of weeks ago, I introduced you very briefly in the middle of the first service, I think, uh, uh, was when she was here, no, or second, no, I think it was second service. Uh, Angie, um, Angie McInville Altamirano was with us, and uh, she's in the States to have foot surgery. And uh, this is a lady, and up until, uh, up until just about a year ago, I've, I've, I've been calling her a young lady all of my life. I mean, this girl. I mean, she's been an 18-year-old girl in my head, stuck in my head from 20 years ago. You know, when, and she, she said, that's fine. If I want to keep calling her a girl, <laughs> you know, that was fine. And, and she's there in the ends of the earth, a place that I'm not called to go. You might not be called to go, but we can support, we can give, we can help her do this. And so here's another step in her. So if you want to give to that, but here's another step with her. Ne next year, we're planning several missions trips, and one of them is to Honduras to work with and to help and to do some things there and to do ministry with, at, at Hope House um, where Angie is in Honduras. And in two weeks, there's going to be an interest meeting um, after both services. And so if, if you'd like more information, see Brent after this service. But we're planning several missions trips next year because... The best way for you to get focused off of yourself is to see somebody besides yourself. And I want to take, I want to take you somewhere, or, or some of our leaders will take you. I can't go on all of them, but I want you to go some places. I want you to go there. And so uh, two weeks if you're interested in that. But here, let me throw this last one at you, and we'll, and we'll, be, we'll be finished with this message. And this is another thing. This one just happened just a couple of years ago. Cuba has opened to us again, you know, so now we're, we can, act, I mean, you can actually, you know, kind of go to Cuba if you want to go, but a lot of people aren't lining up to go to Cuba, right? You know, but you can go. James Graham, who is a member of the board, who is my accountability, you know, here at 2911, these three ministers that hold me accountable, they check on me also. They try to keep me pumped up and everything and all that. Uh, but James Graham, he's been in service with us. You might have met him when he was in service, but James Graham, um, has, has, was invited and he went down and he's going back in February. He's going back to Cuba to do ministry training. He's not just going to preach. 
He's going to train ministers to go preach. He's going to train pastors to plant churches in Cuba. And, uh, and, and one of the things he needs is he says the place they're going to use, he said they don't, they don't have place for people to sleep, and so they need beds, and they're asking for bunk beds. Now, if I was going to a ministry training conference for myself, I wouldn't be thinking bunk beds. You know why? Because I live here in the United States of America, and I am stinking blessed. That's what I mean when I say stinking blessed. I am so stinking blessed, I, I ain't thinking about sleeping on a bunk bed if I'm going to a ministry training, right? We're stinking blessed. That's why, you know what I want to do? Is I decided this morning, I'm buying one of those beds. $140. They, they, need, 12, they need 12 bunk beds at $140. I'm buying one of those beds because you know what's going to happen? In February, well, actually, James invited me to go with him for at least one of those weeks, and he's going to be there for a whole month. He invited me to go, but my wife at this point has told me I can't go, so we're still praying about all that, okay? But she's told me I can't go, but if I can't go, let me tell you what I want. As I'm sitting here, as I'm eating my roast beef gravy and mashed potatoes, I want to know that there are a couple of men who are getting trained to be pastors and plant churches in Cuba because I made a contribution to give them a place to sleep that night. That's what I, and I want, I want you to have that opportunity. Maybe you can't afford a 140. Buy the top bunk, let somebody else buy the bottom, 70 bucks, you know, or give $5. I, I, don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a quota here today. I'm not trying to do that. But you can, you can make an offering as you walk out the door. They need to get this in, in December, if at all possible, so they, can, so they can make the purchase and get them delivered and get them set up before February. On the way out the door, just write a check. Uh, you can go right now to the, to the Sunday notes, the sermon notes today on the Sunday's page. Go to the bottom. There's a place to click right there, PayPal. Go in and you say, you know, you want to send this to, for Cuba or whatever. Let's buy, let's buy a dozen beds. And let's tell James, don't ask anybody else for bunk beds. 2911's got this covered. Let's take care of that. And let's see God do ministry in Cuba and hear the great things. You know what? And here's the thing is, I might not hear a lot of good, I might not hear 826 people are saved in Cuba. But one day, one day, a long time maybe after this life is over, I believe I'm going to hear. And I believe you're going to hear. We're going to hear because God's got a record of all these things. And I want to know that I wasn't sitting on the sidelines watching somebody else do it. I want to know I was in the middle of everything going on and I was helping make it happen. So lastly, real quick, last slide. So which of these is the reason mature givers give? When you really grow in your giving and you're mature in your giving, which one is the reason? Okay, you'd have to end with the strongest, right? That's got to be, no, 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 that's not the answer. The answer is all the above, right? When you are really mature in your giving, you give because of the need. You give because of the need. There are some kids who won't have Christmas this year if I don't go buy it, and I'm not a part of that. When you, are, when you are fully developed in your giving, you give because you see the results. I know, I know what's going to happen in Hyden, Kentucky this year. There's going to be several hundred people give their heart and life to Jesus Christ because we help give their kids Christmas this year, and they're going to see the love of Jesus through that. I know what that's all about. Uh, but to be obedient because I know. I know that coming out of what is happening here at 2911 is awesome ministry. This is our thing, right? It's the mission that God has given to us. And I want to be a part of that. And it's to go into the ends of the earth. Not just into my little places, but everybody else's places too.